Alright, let's, let's play a quick game, okay? Uh, the game is called, Is It Worth It? Alright, so for example, Netflix, 10 bucks a month, thumbs up if it's worth it, thumbs down if it's not, okay? Alright, what about this? What about this? This, uh, this little pen is for writing on my iPad, $90, okay? Thumbs up, thumbs down, worth it, not worth it, it draws really well. What about this? Flowers for my wife, okay? Three bucks. Yeah? What about, what about $1 frozen Cokes at Macca's? What, let's get them up on the slide, yeah. What about, what about this? I got a surfboard once for 50 bucks. Was that worth it? All right? Some, some down, some up. Now, I'm sure you've had that feeling. You, you worked hard, you saved up, and then you bought that thing, and then you got that feeling. Was that worth it? Because no one wants to get ripped off, isn't that right? The worst thing of all is hidden costs, okay? They, they said my, my iPhone was free, but, but it wasn't. It cost me 1200 bucks in the extra stuff they charged me. Was it worth it? No, no one wants to get ripped off. And that's true when it comes to money. How much more is it when it comes to your life? Everyone lives for something. What if it's not worth it? Tonight's question is, what about following Jesus? Is that worth it? Now, I don't know if that seems like a relevant thing to you. But this morning, I went to my grandma's funeral. It was such a reminder that everyone in this room, you and I, we will all die Jesus says you'll go to one of two places. Of course, it's relevant. And and at that time, it'll be too late. The time to work this out is now. And so tonight's not about what I've got to say. I've got nothing to say. It's about what Jesus has to say. And Jesus says some scary stuff. Look up on the screens here. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me, these are scary words, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And Jesus says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers." Do you see what Jesus says in verse 21 there? Not everyone goes to heaven. In fact, not even everyone who says that they're a Christian. They think, in verse 22, they think they've done great things for God. But on judgment day, when Jesus decides whether you go to heaven or hell, to these people, he'll say, I never knew you. Go away from me. Where do you think that is? It's not heaven, is it? And verse 22 says, many Many people on Judgment Day are going to be surprised. They thought they were sweet with God, but they weren't. And so there there are probably people in this room, maybe even you. Maybe you think you're sweet with God, but you're not. Maybe you've never thought about that. Or maybe you've got everyone convinced that you're a Christian, but deep down you know. Tonight, as we talk about whether following Jesus is worth the cost, you have a decision to make. Here's cards on the table, right? Here's what I want out of this talk. I want you to go home a true Christian. 
So I'm going to tell you what a genuine Christian is. And I'm going to tell you what it costs. And there's not going to be any hidden costs tonight. And then I'm going to show you why it's worth it. And you have a decision to make. So two parts tonight. Ready? What will it cost? And is it worth it? Let's start with the cost. Well, the first part of this might actually surprise you. It costs us nothing. Jesus paid it all. See, we, we can never think that we're paying something to God, all right? God's gifts can't be bought with money. God's grace can't be bought with good deeds. The place to begin understanding the cost of following Jesus is to realize that the price has already been paid for your salvation. Let me explain what I'm saying here. Here's the first thing to get. Nothing you can do can earn your way to God. There's a problem between you and God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us has sinned. And the Bible says your sin deserves a punishment from God. That's... The other thing it says is there's nothing you can do to take away your own sin. But here's the good news, right? Second thing, Jesus has done everything needed. Look at this verse, right? Christ also suffered once for sins... The righteous, the one who didn't deserve it, for the unrighteous, that's us, the ones who did deserve it, to bring you to God. And I really need you to see God's love for you tonight, right? This is love. Jesus came and died and gave his life for us. He didn't deserve to die. On the cross, Jesus died your death. He took your punishment. This is amazing grace, that he would take your place, that he would bear your cross. And when Jesus died, he did everything that was required to save you. He, he paid it all. And so there's nothing left for you to do. And he offers to save you for free. So you can be back in a relationship with God. You can have your sins forgiven. And your future can be locked in heaven, not hell. But it's not automatic. So here's the third thing you need to get. The way that you get saved, it's not by doing good works. It's by trusting in Jesus. Have a look what the Bible says. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by good works, so that no one can boast. See, according to verse 8 there, what gets you to heaven it's not what you do. It's not from yourselves. It's not good works. It says there it's a gift of God. And it says there how you get it through faith, through putting your trust in Jesus. It's like you're drowning and Jesus is a lifeboat. And all you do is climb in. You reach out and you grab Jesus with your, with your mind and with your heart. You say, I'm sorry. I really am. Please forgive me. I trust you to save me. And then Jesus, the lifeboat, does everything. Jesus rescues you from hell. Jesus takes away your sin. Jesus gives you eternal life. Jesus brings you into a relationship with God. And this is, this is such good news. But there are people in this room who haven't come to Jesus. And they're not forgiven. Tonight, I'm urging you, and in fact, God is calling you, Put your trust in Jesus and be saved. It costs nothing. Jesus did it all. Now that's the first point, and that's really important to get. But if I stop there, I've led you astray. I'll have actually taught you a lie. 
It's a really popular lie. I call it easy believism, all right? It's the lie that because of everything we've said so far, it doesn't matter what you do. Now, it's true. Doing good things doesn't get you to heaven, and doing good things doesn't get you closer to God, all right? What Jesus does gets you all the way in. But it does matter how you live, all right? It matters to God. If, if you climb into Jesus' lifeboat, you've got to listen to Jesus as the captain. Because that's actually who Jesus is. Jesus is the Lord of the universe. Lord means absolute ruler. His words deserve to be obeyed by every living thing. He actually already owns your life. And so that's what easy believism gets wrong. Jesus is Savior and he's Lord. Now, what makes you think that you could ask Jesus to save you, but keep saying no to him as Lord? You can't. We've just seen point number one, it costs you nothing. Jesus paid it all. But here's the second thing to see. It costs you everything. You now need to obey Jesus with every part of your life. Now, you might be like, that's a contradiction. No, it's a different sort of cost, all right? It's not like a payment that you make to God to get something. It's more like the consequences of receiving a gift, all right? So um, it's like getting a puppy. Uh, I looked up this week. A good puppy costs like a thousand bucks, okay? Now imagine that in this box is one of those good puppies. And I am going to give this away to someone here for free. In fact, it's better than free. I'm going to pay every vet bill it ever has. I'm going to pay its food bills. All right? This puppy is as free as it gets. All right? Do you realize that if you took home this puppy, there's actually a cost involved in that, even though it's free? You've got to train it. You've got to care for it. You've even got to pick up its poop. Have you ever thought of how weird it is that humans pick up, walk, walk behind inferior animals and pick up their poop? All right? But that's the price you pay for owning a dog. Okay? Now that doesn't earn you the dog, but there is a cost, isn't there? And there's a much bigger cost involved in being a Christian. You've got your handouts there. Grab your piece of paper. Grab your piece of paper. I want you to see Jesus' words for yourself. If the person next to you hasn't grabbed it, grab it for him, give it to him. And look at Matthew chapter 16 there in verse 24 where Jesus tells us what it will cost. Listen up. Listen up. He wouldn't want to talk over Jesus. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Do you see the cost there in that verse? If you want to be a Christian, you've got to follow Jesus. You've got to stop following the crowd. You've got to stop following your own desires. And you've got to follow Jesus. That means you live the way he lived. You do the things that he says to do in his word, the Bible. And you know what that'll mean? It'll mean you have to deny yourself. That's why he says that, all right? If Jesus wants you to do something, but you don't want to do it, You've got to deny yourself. You've got to say no to yourself and yes to Jesus. Now, I find that really, really hard to do. And I think that's part of the reason Jesus goes on. Well, in this verse, he says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. All right? 
Um, well, here we go. Do you all know what it means to take up your cross? Can I have a volunteer? I'm, no, no. You guys are dumb. Look what I'm holding. All right, that's enough. Thanks, guys. I'm not actually going to get a volunteer. But you guys, shh. You guys get what Jesus means when he says, take up your cross, don't you? It means you're signing up to suffer and even die if it comes to that. You know, it's not suffering like everybody else suffers because that's unavoidable. This is suffering for Jesus. It's stuff you could have avoided if you weren't following Jesus. It's suffering from denying yourself. It's suffering socially because people will think you're weird and um, they might make fun of you. They might even stop being your friends. It could even mean suffering physically. Think about what it meant for Jesus when he took up his cross. In places like Syria, North Korea, following Jesus this very year has cost some people their life. One day you might go to a country to to share the gospel where it's illegal to be a Christian. It could cost you your life. In fact, even in Australia, the way our society is going, one day you could end up in jail for following Jesus. And Jesus is saying, if you're not down with that, don't sign up. Jesus is not into hidden costs. He doesn't want you to rush in on a big night like tonight and make a quick decision and then bail when it gets hard. He says, consider the cost. Look at this. Jesus says, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. I'll give you another picture to help you work out what this is. It's like this cardboard box, right? Imagine this cardboard box, all boxes tonight. Um, Imagine this represents your life and you got footy, all right? And you got... Friends, okay? Uh, you got PlayStation, okay? You've got your phone. You, you... And then some people, they think, great, I'm just going to add some Jesus in there. I'm just going to, I'll put this in here as well, all right? No, 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 no. That's not becoming a Christian. You don't add Jesus. This is becoming a Christian. Becoming a Christian is you... You take your life and you say, Jesus, you're the Lord. This is your life. What do you want me to put in the box? And anything that, you know, everything is up for grabs. And anything that he does say you can put in, right? They don't go in where you want them. They go into the box in the position that he wants them in. That's what it means to become a Christian. And so let me give you some examples of what this looks like. All right? I'll tell you about my mate Darcy and one of the costs he's faced. When Darcy became a Christian, uh, he wasn't heaps sure what sacrifices he had to make. Like drinking, how drunk should you get? And one day, um, his friend showed him a verse in the Bible that, that really shaped his mentality on that. And he went cold turkey for months. Even though he was actually old enough legally at that point. Darcy wanted to separate himself from the sin of drunkenness. And so he decided not to go to those gatherings. And that cut into his relationships because drinking together was a big part of some of those friendships. Some of the friends respected him for it. 
maybe his true friends. But it's been hard and he's lost some friends. Another mate of mine, Curtis, not many people know this, but uh, he became a Christian in high school. He used to do judo competitively. Not many people know this, um, but he went, to, he went to number three in Australia for his age. He went to the AIS. And in fact, this week, a guy went to the Olympics that Curtis actually once beat. So Curtis could have been on that path. But here's the thing. When Curtis became a Christian, he stopped doing judo competitively. Why? Not because it's a bad thing, but because to be really serious about judo and, and all of that training that that required would have made it hard for him to get to church. Now, when you talk to him about it, he doesn't, he doesn't talk about it like it's a big sacrifice. He just says, I started to care more about Jesus, which meant I started to care less about judo. I actually wanted to go to church. Another big change for Curtis was with dating and sex. When Curtis became a Christian, he realized, all right, that means no sex until I'm married. And so that actually changed who he would date. He'd never had a girlfriend up to this point. Um, and the first girl who ever liked him that he liked... He said no to because she wasn't a Christian. And he thought, I'm a Christian. I don't want to date someone who's not a Christian. We're going to be on different pages with with sex. I'm not going to marry someone who's not a Christian because I know uh, it won't be helpful for my Christian growth. We're just going to be on totally different wavelengths. And I don't want anything to come between me and Jesus. Now, there's a lady in our church called Mavis. She's pretty old now. When she was young, she made a decision like that and As a result, she's lived her life as a single woman. I know of a guy in in our local school on the Central Coast who copped abuse for standing up for beliefs that he got from the Bible. And I I could go on, but I haven't talked about what it means to love people the way Jesus says to love people. That's probably harder still. But I want you guys to see that following Jesus has a real impact on your life. If it doesn't have a real impact on your life... You're not following Jesus. You're not actually a Christian. Now, I want to clarify. None of those guys would say that they follow Jesus perfectly all the time. All right? There's not one person on the planet who obeys Jesus all the time. I stuff it up all the time. But there is a really big difference between someone who, who's trying, even though they fall short, because Jesus is their Lord, compared to someone who isn't trying because They're actually living their life for themselves. So guys, do you want to be a follower of Jesus? That is the decision that he puts before you. You need to know tonight, there's no such thing as a half Christian. You're signing up to obey Jesus in everything, not just in some things. If you only obey Jesus in some things, you're actually not obeying him at all. You're just picking and choosing. You're in charge. We're talking all of the time, not just some of the time, and we're talking the rest of your life. So think about this. Where are you at with Jesus right now? Maybe as I've been talking, you're realizing, I thought I was a Christian, but I'm actually not. You've got a decision to make, and you now know what it'll cost. Jesus is the Savior and the Lord. He paid it all. You can come back to him for nothing, but it will actually cost you everything. So don't rush into it, all right? I pray that you will weigh up the cost. But I've been praying that you'll actually decide that you do want to give your life to Jesus from tonight for the rest of your life. And I'm going to ask you to stand up at the end if that is what you want to do. 
But I think there's something missing, isn't there? Why would anyone want to do this? Why did Curtis decide to follow Jesus? Darcy, myself, hundreds of people here. Let's do the maths, okay? Here's what you get. Number one, forgiveness. All right, we've got cost on one side, benefit on the other. I don't know whether maybe you're feeling tonight, you know, if, if this is how Jesus wants me to live, I've blown it. Good news. If you come to Jesus, all your sins are forgiven. No matter what you've done, look at this. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. You don't need to worry anymore whether God is angry with you. He's not. He's forgiven you. You can let go of that guilty feeling. Your track record is gone. The day you become a Christian, your sins are completely washed away. And as long as you stay trusting in Jesus, you stay forgiven. Forgiveness. Our next, eternal life in heaven. If you're forgiven, there's no punishment waiting for you when you die, right? You can be sure that you will go to heaven. Look what the Bible says. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake, there's the cost, here's the reward, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Now, we can't even imagine how good heaven will be, all right? Take the best moment of your life. And multiply it by a billion. You guys got to know this. It's not floating on clouds playing harps, all right? You're aware of that. That's not heaven. It's going to be like this world, but better. God will bring the chaos of this world back into order. So there will be no more tears, no more pain. And everything good about this world will still be good. In fact, it'll be better. Imagine being sure that that is where you're going when you die. Just imagine it. What would you be afraid of, all right? The worst thing that can happen to you is that you die, but then you get to go to heaven. And so the worst thing that can happen to you is actually the best thing that could happen to you. No matter how bad things get in this life, you've got the best thing to look forward to. That's powerful. That will get you through anything. I don't know if you know, you know, some people are so rich that if they accidentally drop some money, they, won't even, it's not, they don't even care enough about it to pick it up. That's what it's like to miss out on things in this life when you've got eternal life. You're so rich in eternal life, you don't even care. It doesn't compare. 80 years all right, of missing out on stuff. 80 billion years of getting way better stuff. I don't know. Like, you tell me. Number three, you've also got to think about the cost of not following Jesus. See, he offers us forgiveness. But if you say no to his forgiveness, you're choosing to face your own punishment. And Jesus talked a lot about hell, not because he's mean and wants to scare you, but because he's loving and wants to warn you. And that's what he's doing on verse 25 on your handouts. Have a look at verse 25 there. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. If you want to save your life, if you, if you don't want to give it to Jesus, you want to hold on to it for yourself, you'll lose it. Keep reading in verse 26 there. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world 
yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You know, say that you get everything this world has to offer for 80 years, all right? But then you miss out on heaven and instead land in hell for eternity. Would that be worth it? You've got to do the maths. What is it that you are... You know, what's holding you back from following Jesus? Is that thing worth missing out on heaven for? Because there's, there's not just a cost in following Jesus. There's a cost both ways. Which cost do you want? But I'm not done with the good stuff. Let me punch you a couple more, right? We've talked about the sacrifices that you make for Jesus, right? But in actual fact, let me flip that around. Because it's not a sacrifice at all. It's actually a really good way to live. God is not out to spoil the party. He loves you. And he knows what he's doing. He designed you. He knows what's best for you, right? He doesn't ask you to give up stuff that's good for you. And anything that he does ask you to give up, that's actually poison. It's like how little kids, you know, they, they cry if their mum takes away the bottle of poison. Don't drink that. Um, or the bottle of medicine, you know, don't drink that whole thing, all right? And they're upset, but the mum knows better. That, that's not a good thing. And so actually this makes the biggest cost, one of the biggest costs, maybe the biggest cost of following Jesus, probably the thing that holds people back the most, this makes that actually a benefit when you get this. You're not losing anything at all. Sex. It's a good thing, right? God invented it. And he knows about the regret and the shame and the, the heartbreak that comes if you use it wrong. He's not trying to spoil your fun. He wants to prevent you from spoiling your fun with a cheap rip-off version that our society is selling that is nowhere near as good as the way that God intended it. Alcohol. God knows that getting drunk leads to hangovers and worse regrets than that. He invented alcohol. There's a way to use it right. And when you do, when you listen to him, it's actually really good. I can speak from experience. This isn't just the Bible. I mean, Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. But my own experience, right, for what that's worth, I've lived without Jesus for 17 years and then with Jesus for 10. The truth is, whenever I listen to him, it's better. I'll tell you, one of the good things about this way of life is that you actually get a purpose in life. Why are you here? What are you living for? Well, if you're a Christian, you know why you're here. You know who you are because you know whose you are and you live for Jesus and he is on a mission in this world and and it's a meaningful mission. You can find out more about it. But you get to get involved with what God himself is doing in the world. I haven't even told you the best thing of all. Let's go to the next one. You get God himself. You get a relationship with God. Everybody's looking for love, right? Becoming a Christian, it's it's not tick a box and fill out a form. It is a start of a relationship. You begin a relationship with the God who loves you with infinite love. And so at the end of the day, it's not weighing a bunch of goodies. This is a person. So I don't know if you've ever had this. this, Do I go out with this girl? Cons, all right? Girls cost money, all right? Con. Miss out on time with my mates, all right? Con. My friends will think I'm whipped. Benefits. No one does that, right? That's not how you think. You just... Meet a person who is so incredible that you go, I want to be with her. Your friend's like, what happened to him? 
But you don't even, you don't even consider those things a cost anymore. Because, and this is the best thing about being a Christian. Let me, you get a relationship with God, the God who's so good that he gives you all these other things. You get a friend in every storm in life. You know, you're never on your own. He cares for you. He works everything for your good. But it's not just that. It's, it's that God himself is absolutely amazing. You want to know why nothing in this world satisfies you? It's because you were made for something bigger. Nothing in this world can fill that God-sized hole because you were made to know God. You know, this relationship also means that you get to pray. That's the next one. And if you're not a Christian, right? If you aren't listening to God, why would you expect God to listen to you? But if Jesus gives you a relationship with God, then you get to talk to him about anything at any time and he promises that he will listen. That's actually a really cool thing. You get to pray to him. And and another one, you find a family, right? Without Jesus, you can't call God your father. Your relationship to God is broken. You're kind of like a spiritual orphan. But when you come to Jesus, you get adopted into God's family. God becomes your father and other Christians become your brothers and sisters because you've got the same dad. And so you might lose some friends, but you gain something deeper. You gain a family, a group of people that you belong to and that they look out for you. You look out for them. Another cool thing here is you get the Holy Spirit, okay? God himself in his Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. And he helps you to follow Jesus. I don't know whether you've been listening tonight. You really need to hear this. If you've been thinking, yeah, it sounds very good, but I can't do it. A lot of people don't become Christians because they think, I can't do it. Well, that's the truth. You can't do it, and God doesn't want you to do it on your own because you can't. But if you want to follow Jesus, God will give you his Holy Spirit to live inside you, and he will help you. And you do it with his strength. All right, just look at the cost, all right? Weigh it up. Look at the benefit. Is it worth it? I don't know. You've got to make your own decision. Everyone, look at that and just work it out. I've decided that this isn't just worth it. This is a bargain. If you ask Curtis right, about the sacrifices that he's made, he won't even use the word sacrifice. He's like, I haven't made a sacrifice. I've got a good deal. I've got a bargain. And so I want to ask you, do you want to come to Jesus tonight? He's offering you a gift that he's already paid for. It doesn't depend on how well you follow him. But don't come to him, please. Don't come to him without realizing the cost. You need to leave everything behind and you need to begin a lifetime of obeying Jesus. Now in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up if you want to do that. Standing up doesn't do anything, right? It's just a sign of a decision that you've made in your heart. So think about it for a second. Where are you at with Jesus right now? You're in one of three categories. Number one, you're a Christian already. You're not perfect, but you are trusting in his forgiveness and you are trying to follow him. You're feeling the costs of it. If that's you, let me encourage you. Keep trusting him. Keep following him because it's worth it. Another bunch of people here who aren't ready. You know you're not a Christian or you're not sure, 
but you're not ready to come to Jesus tonight. It's better to wait than to get caught up in the moment, all right? So don't, if you're not ready, don't come to Jesus. You've got to count the cost. You've got to be sure. Let me urge you to talk to someone tonight about what's holding you back. But there are people here, I've been praying, and I think it's the truth, that there are people here who do want to come to Jesus tonight. Maybe you've never come to Jesus before. Maybe you're, you're just not sure where you stand with Jesus. Or maybe you've been drifting away. You haven't been living with him as your Lord. You haven't been trusting him as your Savior. And tonight, even after you've heard what it will cost, you think, I do want to trust Jesus. I want his salvation and I want him as Lord. If that's you, I'm going to ask you in a moment to stand up and we'll pray a prayer together. It's just, Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I put my trust in you to save me. I give you control of my life. Please help me to follow you. And so can I get everyone just to close your eyes? Because this isn't about the person next to you. I'm going to ask the leaders to close your eyes as well. This is between you and God. And if you want to become a Christian tonight, if you want to come to Jesus, I want you to stand up now. Stand up if you want Jesus as your Savior and you want him as your Lord. It's a free gift, but it'll cost you everything. So you've got to remember, you know, he'll forgive your sins. He'll give you eternal life. It's a good way to live. He'll give your life meaning and purpose. And the best thing of all, you get a relationship with God. You'll find love. You'll find a family. You get to pray. You get the Holy Spirit. But it is hard. So stand up now if that's what you want. If you want to follow Jesus tonight. All right, let's pray together. Keep standing up and pray with me. Make this your prayer. Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I put my trust in you to save me. I give you control of my life. Please help me to follow you as long as I live. Thanks for everything. Amen.